Chuck. I mean, do you miss it? Uh, miss what? You know, Chuck, what I'm talking about. We're four episodes into uh, highfalutin studio releases. No blood. I, is yeah, it? Is it? I hate to admit it. I hate to admit it, but yeah, I kind of, I kind of, I'm getting itchy. I'm, uh, my collar's feeling tighter and tighter. Yeah. If I see, I one feel more like I'm gonna ape, burst. If I see one more ape, <laughs> Dale, I'm gonna lose it. I'm losing it. Yeah. If I see one more ape, that's not uh, a a vice gripped to a table <laughs> and with uh, somebody. Uh, eating his brains out all done fake for faces of death yeah why we started this this uh venture to begin with mm-hmm. look i love i don't want it as much as the next guy just kidding hot ape hashtag hot ape summer Let's get into this. <laughs> 20 years in the future. <laughs> Here we are, folks. Episode 66 of Bat and Spider. Hashtag cursed. I mean, hot ape summer. <laughs> Conquests of the planet of the apes at the bottom of the hour. Wow. You know, um, the return of Roddy McDowell. Yeah. And the first movie where they used... Of and the twice in the title. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This is where and it starts getting hairy. Man, when you write that title out, it just feels like it goes against your nature. You're just like, this should not be a sentence. Yeah. Uh, using this many yeah. ofs and thes uh, so close together. But they did it. You know what? They did the it. First, the first movie where one of our ape friends hisses to defend himself. <laughs> I think he's just trying to cool himself down in that ape mask, if I'm going to be honest. He's trying to get some airflow in there. Yeah, that's probably true. Did you see when he, I think was when he, speaking of apes, strapped a table. When he's strapped to that table, there's a shot of like the, the his upper lip from underneath. You can see a little hole in there. I think that's for a little ventilation for his nose. I did see the hole. Yeah, it was very daring for them to include that shot you think somebody has like one of those like squeeze bottles with a straw on the end and they just stick it up that hole and just like yeah. flush it oh, all yeah. out oh yeah but weren't they concerned that that was showing up on like nobody caught that yeah i don't i think yeah that's true i mean they really they used that angle and they went with it yeah i don't know i guess Poor. i guess if it I guess back then they probably didn't have video playback. Like they didn't have like instant video playback. So I guess if everyone just missed it, yeah. what could they do? It's in the can. We're not going to go back. Yeah. Never go back. Not on their, not on, I think their $1.8 million budget. <laughs> like something <laughs> absurd. 1972. It's only 1972. And this is the fourth ape movie we're doing. <laughs> we started in 68. It's literally been four years. Yeah. It's insane. Like Bond movies yeah. don't come out this often. Like they just were pumping them. It's like, all right, let's start on the next one. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. Is what the Broccoli family would say about Planet of the Apes. 
Great name. Barbara. Who's in charge now? Barbara Broccoli? No, that's. That was Cubby's wife. Right? Cubby and Barbara. There's Barbara's daughter. But before we get into all that, Chuck, I mean, we have the first half of the show traditionally is what we we have a first half of the show unless I got yeah, we get, it for time. Yeah, we just yuck it up. This is the part just, we just F around. Yeah, we do. Grab ass. Talk everything. about our bees and our <laughs> our our ends. Right. Um now we well, don't have to get into any of this, Chuck. You we don't we're not beholden to anybody, okay? But I will say you are two leading two very parallel lives, whereas on one track you are you are watching all of the child's play movies, and mm-hmm. on the other, you are watching the most wholesome, family-friendly movies. <laughs> I am. Someone's been paying attention to my letterbox. My friend. And in between those, I'm, I'm also running Hot Ape Summer. We got three yeah. tracks going on that's, here. That's true. Because we're not even talking about the core movies, hashtag Hot Ape Summer, which you, you have to p- keep on top of. Yeah. So what I, what path would you like to take? I I want to talk about Child's Play. Um, I think last time I talked about the Karate Kid, Child's Play, Dale, a series I you know caught maybe some of it on TV. The one that was most familiar to me when I sat down and watched him was the second one. I remember the the uh, the sh- final showdown in the factory in the toy factory. Yeah. I kind of remembered it. It was way better than I remembered. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, for all intents and purposes, this is my first time really like giving these movies a chance. I always kind of yeah. like, it was like, eh, it's a talking doll that kills people and it makes stupid jokes. It's whatever. Uh, <laughs> but I was struck, especially with one and two. I was struck with the, uh, how the the terminator vibes which terminator 1 and 2 two of my favorite movies ever and this has a lot of that energy mm. um because chucky's basically a terminator he's just like a mindless killing robot um yeah i mean he does have the added advantage of a the soul of a serial killer uh embedded in there and some voodoo there's a lot of voodoo going on which i didn't remember at all <laughs> um but there's also the thing where, you know, he's like trying to get to this kid uh, yeah, and like get to the kid through his mom, very Terminator like. And also, you know, it's also the thing like no one believes Sarah Connor that there's Terminators, you know, killer robots after her. Everyone thinks she's crazy. They lock her up. It's the same situation here. You know, who's <laughs> yeah. who, who in their right mind is going to believe a lady uh, saying that a killer baby dolls after them? Uh, uh, <laughs> That's right. A killer, my buddy, <laughs> is using bad words and trying to, you know, fillet them with kitchen knives in their apartment. And and even worse, you know, poor Andy, not stable home life. At I mean, right off the get go after movie one, he's <sighs> bebopping around. Know. You know, foster kid, instant foster kid, because they basically I know. locked his up, locked his mom up. I think basically. Is insane that there's no, um, there's no happy ending that in terms of that. I mean, sure, Chucky dies at the end of the first one, but what does that all mean? I mean, this kid's wrecked. He's six oh, yeah. years old. Oh yeah, yeah. And and he has to keep coming back for Andy, like because the rules they set up 
it's only way he can get out of that doll's body is to the first yeah. person he let in on the secret. <laughs> Just super stupid. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's why he's hell bent on getting to poor Andy. Oh, man. But yeah, one and two were, were way better than I expected. I, I still like, I actually like three more than I thought I would. Like everyone kind of, all the reviews on Letterboxd, like this is the worst one in the whole series. But I actually yeah. thought it was cool. It's like takes place at a, um, actually, maybe I just like this setup for, <laughs> I, I kind of like movies and shows set in uh, like teen military academies <laughs> oh yeah that's right it was military cat yeah. yeah yeah and yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. like the last thing you expected of a chucky movie so i was like kind of into it uh yeah yeah yeah, that, also, was, yeah. I, that was kind of cool because andy's a, a, basically an adult now he's like 16 or 17 yeah and he can handle himself a little bit more by himself he's not this poor innocent kid who's fighting off you know a doll with his own strength but you still got chucky who's basically Nobody believes that Chucky the doll is still even has <laughs> yeah. been a thing in Andy's life. Andy's just having these, you know, premonitions or whatever. The, and then the Chucky best replaces he... all the all the all the <laughs> test rounds with live rounds. Oh my god. That was horrific. Jerk. Yeah. What a dickweed. And boy, they really milked it. Like it took way too long for them to start shooting those live rounds. Um But the best like in the beginning Chucky kills the 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 head of the toy company and then looks into his computer to find out <laughs> that Andy <laughs> is at the uh, military's academy, <laughs> which I don't know why the toy company would have that on their servers, but they do. And then Chucky presumably just mails himself from the toy factory <laughs> to the uh, the military academy, right? <laughs> addressed to Andy. <laughs> he just went on to stamps.com. Yeah. And printed himself out a label. <laughs> Too bad this episode is not brought to you by stamps.com. I know. We'll never segue. get there. We'll never get that kind of cachet. Yeah. I'm all, I'm these first three, I'm tops. I'm in. I'm a child's play fan now, I guess. Whatever. You know, people can change. Yeah. I, I did watch Bride. I'll, I'll wait because I'll probably next week I'll have watched all of the, uh, the last ones. So. I'll talk about those as a whole, but yeah. How about you, Dale? Yeah, what, are you, sure. what have you been getting into? Been oh, I was, around I, with? I was just going to weigh in on the, uh, oh. the, the next series of Chucky movies here. Let me, let me, um, <laughs> hold on, I'm going to pull down my pants for a second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, after watching up. Bride right now, I, 100% agree with you but I'm I'm, yeah. I'm in it you know I'm the guy I'm the guy who watched nine Hellraiser movies so I'm gonna finish this child's play journey yeah You're in and then I'll probably watch this stupid TV show that, that uh, is coming out in the fall the most horrific part of any Chucky movie is when Chucky has to raise his upper lip into like <laughs> make an O face with his creepy little doll face mouth and his whole face scrunches up and then his upper yeah. lip flaps upwards and there's like a little O where his mouth would be and he screams that Brad Dourif scream. Yeah. And I mean, just anytime you get a good look at those teeth inside those lips too, it's oh, so God. distracting. Like yeah, it is. I oh cannot stop looking at those teeth. Yeah. That's what's the real horror. It is. I think they know that. Friday night, Chuck. I had yeah. a little time, you know, 
I was pacing my house because I really needed the kids to go to bed because I haven't been upstairs for some quality me time since getting back from my extended trip. And yeah, I was like, these kids got to go to F the bed. (laughs) So by the time everything gets done, it's 1030 at night and I could finally go upstairs and enjoy the first 20 minutes of something before I pass out on my futon. (laughs) Um, but I watched, I busted out um, some of my physical media, hashtag physical media in the Bat mm. Spider Discord, and part of April's Severin package was the movie Grizzly from 1976. Ooh. Ooh. It's pretty astounding creature feature uh, directed by William Girdler, who had a pretty stellar short career, and I've basically watch listed all of his movies he also did another one called day of the animals after grizzly with a a a very apparently leslie nielsen delivers the goods in a very good role in that movie and i also got that blu-ray in the in the set as well so i'm gonna watch that next but anyway 1976 hot off the i mean hot off the heels of jaws yeah uh this this flick gets turned around and it's about an 18-foot grizzly bear that basically terrorizes, um, you know, a mountain town where normally you would only find black bears. But this grizzly is killing for sport, killing for malice, killing for hatred. It's just killing anything it comes across. And wow. I got I to gotta say, it's a pretty stellar movie considering the fact that, you know, back then... Much like your broken Bruce the Shark, you're not going to construct a believable 18-foot grizzly bear. You're just It's just not going to happen. That's so, my first question. Right. So, unfortunately, where this movie suffers is you never actually see an 18-foot grizzly bear. What you do see is a lot of footage of a grizzly bear, <laughs> but never on screen with its victims at the same time. Yeah. What you do see with the victims is like in from you know, camera left, a big old bear paw coming and just like knocking the head off, clean off of a person. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, hey, that's that's a good trade-off in my book. I, and that's why I think I, I, I hold it in pretty high regard now because when the, the bear kills, I mean, the bear just kills. He just uses yeah. his big bear paws to just maim just, and murder everything in its path. Just high five and heads off. Left and right, sounds like. That's right. That's all it is. I mean, at one point, spoilers, he he, he takes the leg off of a, a child. And oh it's, God. I mean, I couldn't help but love and laugh. You could tell like the child's like leg was like buried in the dirt and there was a fake appendage like where a, a bloody stump at his knee where, I mean, it was just, it was pretty great. I gotta say. It was... An amazing movie, and I and I and I think you might remember Chuck, but just this past COVID year, they dug up the fact that there was a Grizzly two that was never finished, and I think like George Clooney is in it or something like that. Yeah, it's it's kind of yeah 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 yeah. And they actually I I I don't know what they did to finish it, but I guess technically it's it's out. I don't know where you find it, but it is a finished movie at least considered like on IMDb and Letterboxd. so I need to make it my mission to kind of get on that. But the but the the ca- the human characters, I mean there's like 
if you've got to make the Jaws comparison, there is like one, it's a one-to-one with all the characters from Jaws. Oh, really? I mean, Christopher George leading this, these, this cast of like woodsmen and bear hunters and stuff. It's just, they were all great in their own right. I really loved what they brought to the table considering you know, they're never really on screen with an actual bear or, or anything. So they're just keeping this tension and high based on dialogue and, and fake fakeness. Wow. Is there a, is this Christopher George tell a, a story about how his, um, submer- his battleship was attacked by a bunch of grizzly bears? <laughs> <laughs> his air, his, uh, land battleship. <laughs> Grizzly made thirty nine million, according to Wikipedia. Wow! In box office receipts, that sounds uh, implausible to me. But that's amazing. Thirty nine mil. That's impressive. I mean, I mean, they always talk about you know I wasn't alive, but I mean they always talk about Jaws being kind of the first summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was the de- you know, and back then, like when you had a hit movie, they you know. Who knows how long Jaws played? It was probably still running when this thing came out. Yeah, that's and true. And they're probably like, you know, holy shit, it's, this is another Jaws. This is a man-eating bear. 18 feet. Man, they even say 18 feet on the poster. They're really selling that hard. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, uh, it's an 18-foot bear. Trust us. What, was it because Jaws was like 17 feet or something? Were they like trying to one-up them? Probably they were just like this and they even go into uh, one of the guys goes in like the Matt Hooper. He mm-hmm. goes into how this isn't Hoopa. a normal grizzly bear. This is a, uh, this would be a, a, an ancestor of the grizzly bear that would be found a million years ago in the Mesozoic Ooh. or whatever. And they were strictly <laughs> carnivores. And, yeah. But it just looks oh, like a grizzly wow. bear on screen. So yeah. Dang. That's cool. All right. I'm watching it. You've been counting money all your life. Mr. Hooper. <laughs> money counting hands <laughs> uh that's and that was my week because you know kids are back at school i'm back in the office farewell <sighs> movies wow good luck good luck doing a, a weekly movie podcast dale tell you that much dale andrews insert uh editing editor's note insert the price is right losing theme <laughs> here. oh man we gotta get that sounder we got to bring the sounders back, Dale. I mean, I know that's adding money more to your plate because I can't figure it out. I've tried. You know what I struggle with, cost. Chuck? I, you know, you in a moment of real talk here, mm-hmm. I feel like sounders need to come naturally through our, you know, if we talk about a theme, I don't want to yeah. just jam them in there because I need to jam them in there, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I lean off the soundboard a lot, but. Yeah. I understand that. I, I totally get that. Yeah. We don't need it. You're right. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> you win. Okay, Dale. Oh, let's talk about uh, at the front of the show, uh, guest Thank artists uh, for this uh, edition of Hot Ape, hashtag Hot Ape Summer. Lay it on us, Dale. Who's, who'd, you, who'd you wrangle this time? <laughs> Chuck rolling his eyes and uh, <laughs> blindfolding them to, he doesn't want to know how I got these wonderful people to do art for the show. He doesn't want to know because he's better off not knowing what I went through. I don't want to know. This week, uh, you're staring at the marvelous, marvelous art of one 
Jeremy Brooks, a.k.a. Sketchbrooks on Instagram. You can go to sketchbrooks.com. A personal friend, I actually met him, Chuck. Hmm. The first Heroes Con I went to, which is where I saw you down there, um, after I moved to North Carolina, I went to the Heroes Con in 2019, and I was walking by with my paper keg shirt on in Artist Alley, and he he recognized me because of my shirt. That's awesome. And he introduced himself. He told me he was a big fan of the show. And and it was incredible that I was, I I mean, that never happened ever when the show was, when the show existed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But ever since then, we've been fast friends. He's a great guy. He blows up his Instagram and Twitter with these amazing sketches that he does in this sketchy style. Um, He does uh, books called Rad Toughman. He's basically this cool, like, 80s wrestler kind of character. He did a, a second volume was like based on Rad Tuffman versus um, like the Teen Wolf, <laughs> the guy from Teen Wolf. But it's a great like <laughs> it's a great like kid, young adult. There's a plenty of humor in it. It's there's no, uh, you know, adult themes or anything like that. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful reading. And I recommend. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it right up. now. Yeah. Rad Tuffman. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's on Comicsology, I think. Oh, cool. Yeah, if it is, I definitely recommend getting it. It's really, really good. Yeah, he looks like, is he an animator? Is that his day job? Because he's got that sort of um, animator style, kind of animator influenced. Mm-hmm. He's got a wonderful um, style. Rad Tuffman Howell play, that's what it is. <laughs> I love it. A 12-page awesome. comic about life lessons, basketball, and wolf teens. <laughs> wolf teens. <laughs> Just switch those words so you don't get sued. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's playing the game. Hey, we all got to do what we got to do. Um. So yeah, it's, Jeremy, that it means a hell of a lot that you contribute to the show. We're so grateful. We thank yeah. you for the time you spent contributing because it's amazing, obviously, and we're very happy to feature it on the show because it's fantastic. Beautiful. Thank you so much. The feature presentation, Chuck. This is it. This is why everyone's here. Conquest. It's conquest time, baby. Yeah. Yeah, it is. 18 years after Zira and Cornelius came to man's earth, their child, now named Caesar, is all grown up and finds himself in a society where man has enslaved all simians to be domestic servants. While being hunted by a fascist governor, Caesar organizes an uprising that will spark the Age of Apes. Woo! Dale, we are just like cruising through milestone after milestone of, of the history of the, the this planet and what's going to happen. <laughs> Seriously. By this movie is... four, I mean so much has... So much that was once was is now happening... And it's like, damn. I mean, we're it's, witnessing it all. It, you got to say, it's pretty killer the way. Who's that guy? Who's the writer that's been doing this? Paul Dane? Yeah. It's, it's you know, like they started out with this book adaptation. And, you know, I think I, I, think I read that he planned like these last two or th- three or four movies, like sort of all at once. So he kind of, he knew Perfect. what he was doing. Okay. Um, and it shows. It shows. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, 
And it's kind of cool. It's sort of like going in reverse. So, or, you know, we start in the Age of Apes and then we like get, you know, in the third movie we get slingshotted back and it's sort of this like uh, snake eating its own tail, you know? Yeah. We get to a circular thing. Like if Zier and Cornelius didn't come back through time, Age of Apes wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. You, th- you ever think about that, Dale? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> The past four weeks, I've been thinking about it. Yeah. It's a real brain teaser. What'd you think of this? How, how did this hit you? Four, this is the fourth, yeah, fourth Apes movie. Uh, so, I, I mean, I gotta tell you. Um, you know, budget of 1.8 million. And it shows. Damned. <laughs> uh, yeah, it shows. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> and, um, you know, I... So, you know, when we're talking ape uprising of the population of all the domesticated apes, we're talking, I mean, I don't, where am I starting, Chuck? I'm, I struggle with this. I threw I, you off. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I didn't know. I've been thinking constantly how, since I watched this, I, I'm completely blown away by the chances and the courage that this movie exemplifies and shows yeah even though it's it's obviously constrained by budget in in a very very serious way but what they what they thought to put in as a distillation of what could be on a much grander scale is really meaningful when you see certain examples of you know man overpowering and exerting his force onto you know the the apes and the things that caesar has to witness for him to be driven to revolt and and rise up with his brothers and sisters against man consider in spite of the fact that you only see almost like a courtyard to an apartment complex as far as set goes yeah especially especially outdoors the it's almost sets. just like a, an outdoor shopping mall. That's like where they shot this thing. Yeah, it's it's it really. I I I wanted to say it suffered because of it, but the more I think about it, the more I love what it. The story it was able to push, in spite of every every constraint. I'm even. I venture to say, Chuck. Here we go. That. Because of its vision and boldness, I don't. As much as I loved every other one, I think this might be my favorite so far. Wow, wow, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, you know, I, I agree. For, I, I think the budget shows. Like it, you can tell <laughs> they, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, okay, we got to shoot this whole movie in this. I think it was in it was Century City, which was sort of a brand new part of LA that used to be. The Fox lot, I think, and then it sort of got turned into a real part of the city. So, it, oh, you know, wow. it had all this, like, for the time, futuristic cement work and, you know, walkways yeah. and fancy stairs and all these stores and stuff. Um, You know, to our eyes now, it, it doesn't look as, you know, odd. <laughs> like, it just right. looks it, like every it looks odd know, because outdoor it, shopping it, mall, you know. Right. Yeah, and and it's in this movie. It's supposed to be 1991. Where when we yeah. watch it now, it looks like it's 1972. 
yeah, but it's futuristic yeah. 1972 or, or or something. Yeah, and you know, and talking about the budget, like you, you can't help but think we would have never gotten this movie if they had a big budget because they we'd still be on uh, the Planet of the Apes with you know thousands of apes running around <clears throat> and That's them building too. giant uh, ape cities. You know, probably <laughs> trying to one up each other from the last one. Um. But because, you know, the studio is like, sorry, you, you know, you have even less budget this time. You got to set it somewhere close to present day, whatever, you know. Oh, my gosh. I know. And uh, but, you know, that's, you know, that I mean, that's the old that's that old chestnut of of you get good art, you know, when there's constraints put on the artist. So, um, yeah. And, you know, it's it's I I, I struggle with like like I don't. I, I, I think I agree. There's a lot of great ideas in this and it was, yeah, it's very bold of them to like, be like, we're going to show the spark of a res- revolution, which is like, it's a hard thing to do and sort of distill Absolutely. down. Um, Absolutely. And, I, you know, I think there's an argument, you know, I'm having an inner mar- argument of whether they accomplished it, but in many mm-hmm. ways they did. I, th- I, think, I think with Caesar and his trajectory, they totally did it. Um, my, my only thing is like, it's almost my complaint every time is I wish the world felt a little bigger and I wish, especially in this one, I wished because we were back with a lot more apes. I wanted more of those characters. I wanted more of those apes to have uh, their own character to them. I wanted Caesar to be surrounded with the crew. Um, and we only really get like, like there's one female ape who like sort of, uh, she just (laughs) sort of makes these watery eyes at the camera. (laughs) And like I kept, I kept like waiting for her to like become a character, but she never really does. Um, right. But she plays an interesting part at the end of the theatrical cut, which we can talk about at the end. But, um, but yeah, it, it's 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 a very interesting movie. It, it's and and I was like, I was ready to sort of like pounce on the way this looked because I think the like the lighting is really bad <laughs> in a lot of this and. It just there's just uh-huh. something weird about the way it was lit and shot, but I but I read that the I read in the Wikipedia the director was consciously trying to make this look like news footage, um, so I think oh. he was doing it on purpose. I think he wanted it to sort of look, you know, more lifelike and like not necessarily like lit like a Hollywood movie, and um, so maybe that's why he had a lot of like harsh (laughs) like in the beginning like there's a lot of scenes of just like harsh sun like they didn't worry about sort of like softening the light and everyone's just like sort of squinting like it looks like yeah dad with his video camera out the (laughs) soccer game you know they all died within a few months eight years ago every dog and cat in the world it was like a plague the disease that killed them was a mysterious virus brought back from outer space by one of the astronauts didn't the disease affect humans no no we were immune and so it was discovered were simians, even the smallest ones. That's how it began. It's very much that like seventies Marvel comic Stan Lee thing though, where Ricardo Montalban shows up and um, gives us a history lesson of the last few movies <laughs> to get us up to date. I love that the whole first act is them flying <laughs> for the circus, <laughs> like they're just going around to storefronts. Hey, can I put up a flyer in your window for our circus? <laughs> right. Yeah. He takes a helicopter into the city. Yeah. Just to heli- just to uh flyer the place. The helicopter into the city. Oh my god. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, he brings, but he brings uh, the soon to be named Caesar with him and it's Caesar's first time. So it's, it, it's a good intro cause it's Caesar's first time and it's our first time seeing what 1991 is like. You were kind of like um, just teetering on how you could how you could almost get a little more than nitpicky about how the movie didn't live up to any potential, right? Like, but you but you love it for what it showed, in spite of yeah, its, I lo- its constraints. Totally, I love I love yeah. that. Like, <laughs> I love that, especially the cut we watched. Um, I love that it's just again they they stuck to their their guns and they give us an ending that's not i mean unfortunately the actual the, the one that went into theaters was a little bit more of a happy a gentler ending than the one we yeah. watched but um but man th- i mean this ending was great I, I mean yeah it it's just that planet of the apes like we're not going to give you an easy ending uh you know because i mean it plays with the whole thing of like obviously we're we're humans watching this and there's something inside of us that doesn't want apes to run the planet. <laughs> sure. But no also we're rooting for the apes because we clearly see man just being scumbags as we know mm-hmm. man can be. Uh, and, uh, and it's, it's, it's pretty satisfying watching Caesar lead a revolution and it's, yeah. it's pretty fun to watch him organize these apes and collect a bunch of weapons and just start roaming the streets, kicking ass. And what Chuck just mentioned about the alternate cut. So we, um, did you watch it on HBO Max, Chuck? Or did you watch the DVD? Uh, I watched my disc, I feel. Okay. But, but I did, I, I looked at both. Right. So I watched, so I, I didn't pop the disc in, but it is on HBO Max as well. Luckily, there's the theatrical version and the, basically it's the director's cut or, or something. They're the, the director's cut is about one minute more runtime, but there's a lot more scenes swapped in and 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 it just alludes to a more nihilistic more a determined caesar because of what mm-hmm. he has bared witness with his short amount of time in this city he's seen so much disrespect and and abuse towards ape uh, the ape race that caesar he doesn't give an f he's been driven basically mad and he doesn't care what happens and he's taking and saving the apes that really can't think for themselves they need a leader and his speech in the end is a lot more uh one-sided he's not like i think in the theatrical awesome. ending it's basically like you know i'm having i'm taking mercy on you guys this day right because yeah, they. I think I think the whole original speech that we watched is in there, but then, right, you know, they're they're all holding their their musket butts over the uh, governor. Uh, um, but in the theatrical, you know, instead we the one we watch, we get to see them, you know, bring the yeah. hammer down on that governor. Which, yeah, yeah, he deserved it. <laughs> yeah. But in the theatrical, really. they reverse the footage, so they. It looks like they're just putting their muskets down and Caesar does a another speech about how no, we won't do that this day because we God created us and uh, Yeah, it, it was weird because he started talking about God and it's like like never did uh Caesar or anyone talk about God before and it was like mm-mm. it was a strange uh addendum. <laughs> like knowing that that was done afterwards. Yeah, and they just like 
you know, used footage. They didn't reshoot anything. They just like had probably had Roddy come in to do this additional dialogue, which easily went over his ape mouth because mm-hmm. you can't tell what he's saying anyway. Some of the um, scenes though. So, so, and they, they did swap out a lot of violence too, apparently. Yeah. Like a lot of the, 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 bl- the, like apes getting shot in the face. I know. Uh, and a lot of the, uh, like a lot of less um, of the police getting murdered yeah. and piled, like bodies getting piled on top of each other. <laughs> the apes just piling police yeah. bodies. Fucking amazing. Burning them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's clearly just like, you know what, we've, ha- this is war. Yeah. And yeah. war is hell. We're not going easy. Like, you know, we're doing what, we're doing what it takes. Yeah. And it's, I love that vibe that we got from the, the version we watched. And mm-hmm. I don't know from the original box that I bought in t- in 2000, I don't know if this ending was even on there at the time. I just remember watching the theatrical version and I hadn't seen the movie since then. Yeah. And I just loved the, the, just the, the ultimate power. They're just like, we've, we've had enough Caesar seen enough. And yeah, I, and I think it's earned because I mean the whole movie, absolutely, you just, it's just zeroed in on on this, you know, a whole society that has slaves, uh, but also this 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 government agency, the ape management wing <laughs> of the government, ape management. <laughs> Who see? Yeah, ape management was yeah, like it's like the trash service. I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. uh, and the govern governor Breck is like our sort of fascist villain. Which is weird because this is, you know, this is three square miles of city <laughs> yeah. in the, the the world. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and so, and that gets into what they showed where they were like, like one-to-one callbacks to actual slavery. They were shipping yeah. in apes from other countries yeah. for, you know, reacclimation for training into... Not that they used to be wild animals. They're going to learn to be servants, like in from container ships, mm-hmm. ripped off, hosed down, dressed, and and immediate training. It's yeah onto and, the and conditioning. S- yeah, and Caesar has dialogue with um, Mister McBride, which was the governor's sort of assistant, and he was the, basically the only black man in the movie. But there was a lot of correlation and dialogue between Caesar, the one representative who could speak on behalf of the race of apes and Mr. McBride saying, you know, Mr. McBride begging for Caesar to have some humanity or have some compassion. And he's a direct descendant of slaves and stuff like that. Like the, the, uh, the slave comparisons were kind of brutal to to look at. They were brutal. Yeah. It was pretty awesome of them to, to not really shy away from that. I mean, obviously yeah. that's what it's going to be about. Um, but they were pretty, you know, yeah. And they, they even have a slave auction, you know, Caesar gets auctioned off. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, they don't, they did not shy away from, you know, <laughs> sort of tackling that, mm-hmm. uh, very, you know, not too distant history of this lovely country. Um, <laughs> when he opens up to, mcdonald or whatever he is whatever his name is <laughs> in that tunnel that was a great scene i thought you were a myth well i'm not but i will tell you something that is the belief that human beings are kind no caesar 
There are some. Oh, a handful, perhaps, but not most of them. Oh, they won't learn to be kind until we force them to. We can't do that until we are free. All that he's witnessed in the past yeah. 48 hours or whatever is enough to just make him... Your monsters. <laughs> yeah. And you all deserve what I'm going to give you. <laughs> and, to, I mean, it's it's just... What he was... I can't I can't stop thinking about what Caesar was witness to only when he set foot in the city to pass out flyers. Life in the circus was presumably he had no witness of people owning apes and the apes doing their bidding. Yeah. Which was which was tough to um kind of get around because obviously you would you would assume that this ape slavery thing is worldwide or Yeah, that's what I couldn't figure out they bring Roddy McDowell back as a different character. It's just too easy to see Roddy McDowell as Cornelius still because the voice doesn't change. Maybe he's got like Caesar has more scruff around his neck. Like he's got like longer jowl yeah. hair. Yeah. Um, he seemed smaller. But, he was, I think he was maybe just crouching more than he did. before. Yeah. I think he was crouching more, but to be the only ape who can talk, and to be the representative for an entire race that's pissed off and had enough, I think mm. he does a fantastic job just standing up and being that alpha that's that where somebody has been needed for who knows as soon as apes started being domesticated and you know violently um, reacclimated to yeah. their new life. There's some shots where. When uh, they're they're um, revolting against the police force and there's like the fires burning already, but there's this orange red fire glow behind Caesar and Caesar's yeah. just like has this fate like you can't make much facial expression with with the ape masks, but Caesar's just like, you know, behold me, behold us mm -hmm. and this is how it is now. And he's got this fire and this passion in him with this, with this, or these orange ember colors behind him. And it's like my favorite shots in the movie. I was ready for like to make it my desktop wallpaper. I loved <laughs> it so much. Caesar. A king. Yeah. It, I mean, and that's, I mean, that speech he makes at the end is just, it's amazing. Cause it, it, it definitely sounds like he, like Roddy was like, I'm going to one take this bitch. Where there is fire, there is smoke. And in that smoke, from this day forward, my people will crouch and conspire and plot and plan for the inevitable day of man's downfall. The day when he finally and self-destructively turns his weapons against his own kind. The day of the writing in the sky when your city's life buried under radioactive rubble when the sea is a dead sea and the land is a wasteland out of which i will lead my people from their captivity and we shall build our own cities in which there will be no place for humans except to serve our ends and we shall found our own armies our own religion our own dynasty and that day is upon you so i think part of like uh, uh um caesar's turn into becoming this leader part of it was 
the loss of Ricardo Montalban Armando, his his um, circus guy that was his like best bud. Yeah, Armando gets captured by the ape management because they they suspect that he knows where. You know, he has a talking ape, <laughs> basically. They suspect he knows something. So, they're, you know, he's going through all this stuff, all this, uh, you know, uh, almost torture. Um, and they end up killing him. Or, no, oh, he jumps out a window. Cause, yeah. Yeah, because he's being grilled again, but they're using the uh, authenticator machine that can tell when someone's lying. <laughs> and yeah. Ricardo Montemont's like, oh, shit, this is it. He, he thought he was getting out of the police station, but then they bring in this authenticator thing and he decides, eh, I'm just going to jump out this plate glass window instead. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, it's been, you know, the first 20 <laughs> minutes of the movie were them in, interrogating Ricardo when they could have just used this in the beginning of it. Sure. But okay. I know it's like, just yeah. use the authenticator. I know. The one thing I wanted to talk about the theatrical ending is. I talked about he has a more like positive speech and the apes put their weapons down and they don't kill the governor, which sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the other thing is that the thing that stops, every, you know, makes Caesar rethink is that that female ape that they were sort of hi- highlighting the whole movie. She she screams out no. Um, and so it's a it's a significant oh, yeah. thing because she's the second ape to talk. And um and it oh. and she's using that word no which which was used the whole movie you know all the you see the humans over and over again yelling at apes no you know do yeah. you know all these command words um oh my so god it was like that's a, right oh. and that was like that was like the one thing from the theatrical that i was like oh that's cool <laughs> that it made sense why that why they were focusing on that female character a little bit um because she had that sort of pivotal line at the end but uh yeah, wow. yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. That's a huge line, and it's a shame that's yeah. a, that's not in the cut that that we. Saw. Yeah, I wish I it mean, could have melded the two somehow. Yeah, that's super pivotable. Pivotable. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I was just completely blown away with what I saw, and I loved the the thinking exercises it it gave to me after seeing it, and me trying to figure out whether it was really spectacular or was i am i just trying to uh make it into something that's not really there but i mean i i just the themes that it that it crossed in such a distilled amount of time i think maybe that's his that's it's his biggest flaw is it was trying to do a lot with very little presented on screen and you know like a, yeah. a, a small concentration i and when you read about it it's it they had huge ambitions for what this movie could have been oh really and what it yeah what caesar could have been leading but it turned out just to be a small labor force in this tiny city because that's basically all the budget allowed for and stuff but yeah yeah i mean i think that's i mean almost every movie i sort of have that sort of like you know (laughs) that argument going in my head of like man, these ideas are great. And they're like, they're, they're pulling it off kind of halfway. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's, you know, whether it's restrictions or, you know, whatever, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I, I like that the more I talked about this, I liked it a lot more in the moment. I definitely, I think my modern brain wanted the, the revolution violence to be greater. <laughs> I think yeah. I wanted, and and I mean to its credit, the unrated cut has 
has a lot of like exploding blood shots and like ape faces and man faces. And what about, I mean, the huge other thing in the, uh, the, the cut we watched was Breck actually pulling the trigger and killing that gorilla. Like, Oh, that's not another cut. No, that's oh, not the other cut. Damn. Huge. Yeah. That was harsh. Yeah. Wow. What a movie. Can't wait for next week. Yeah. The Finally. Battle. Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Woo. Stay tuned next week. Dale, do we have any listener feedback? We do. Oh, okay. I know. I feel like I ask you that every week because I'm like, there's nobody wrote in. I know nobody did. I know. Like, how could people <laughs> be doing that? Well, luckily, through some uh, peer mediation exercises and conflict resolution, <laughs> yeah. TJ Hamilton and I were able to figure out that damned if a bunch of his emails weren't getting sent to our spam folder. Holy crap. So, yeah, good thing I checked the spam folder. I'll be doing that more often now because maybe just because he emails so often that, uh, you know, Google's oh, trying yeah. to help us thinks, out. Yeah, thinks it's, he's trying to sell us vacuums or something. <laughs> vacuums. <laughs> spam. Oh, also, 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 Chuck. Yeah. While I pull up this info, how about the uh, the huge reveal that they just stopped bothering trying to make ape feet? Wait, what? Massive. Massive reveal of this movie. <laughs> they stopped Are, trying to make ape feet? Oh, were they just wearing regular shoes? They're just wearing one? like Sperry's <laughs> and penny loafers. I didn't even notice. Oh my yeah. God. The yep. footwear budget. You guys are, oh, you're doing another ape's picture. You guys are going to need more of those weird... Uh, Weird shoes with the ex- the big thumb toe, right? No, sorry, we're just yes. we don't. It's not in the budget, it's right? Not, it's, it's not. It's the men upstairs. I can't do anything about it. Sorry. Guy closes up his business. He was trying to start in his garage, <laughs> yeah. and that's what um, 2016's Adam Sandler's The Cobbler Netflix movie is all about. <laughs> that uh, that bit part by David Spade, though. I mean, you know, mm, amazing. Love Spade in his movie in Sandler movies. <laughs> uh, so this goes all the way back to July 9th. Holy moly. TJ Hamilton. Uh, woo. Join the Bat and Spider Discord and see Tim Hamilton's bruises. My wife and I also enjoyed the Apes soundtrack and likewise wondered what makes the sound that is a great part of the music also mark Wahlberg was in burton's planet of the apes and he was in infinite synchronicity so this hails back to when tim hamilton talking about watching infinite on paramount plus wow synchronicity was the name of the last police album dream of the blue turtles was the title of sting's first solo album god damn see where that goes See the God places damn. Tim Hamilton is willing, willing to take us? Wow. Back to July 12th, uh, TJ Hamilton. Brent looked so much like Taylor, they may as well have said that he was his brother who came looking for him. And poor Nova, she had little to do but look confused, get beaten on, and almost murdered until she finally was murdered. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. I feel like we didn't do Nova justice during that episode because really she's just, yeah. again, just there to look at, basically. She doesn't get nothing. What they, that's what they call an ignominious end. <laughs> I believe. I don't know if that's true. 
Don't look it up. <laughs> I love those underground mutant humans who are so vain about their looks that they have to make rubber masks. But no Jerry Goldsmith <laughs> music? Sad. It's an odd sequel. Sad is right. Yeah. Very sad. Uh, from nine days ago, TJ Hamilton. Hey, I have kept up with hot cursed ape summer so far. Brent in the New York subway saying he knows that place, but he still tries to drink water in the subway. <laughs> I don't think he, I don't think he really knows that place. <laughs> As for That's escape from point. the planet, Jerry Goldsmith is back, baby. He was missing from the second movie. For some reason, that cage for the apes has plates and utensils, even though everyone is shocked that they can use them. <laughs> good, good eye. I used to get so sad watching this movie as a kid, especially watching that guy shoot a monkey baby. Hashtag traumatized. God. Always enjoy the show, guys. Tim. It's crazy they left that in that cut. I know. Shooting of the the monkey baby wasn't taken out. It's rated G, Dale. Especially, you know, they're not showing. They're just showing bullets go into a a clump of blankets. But then they they have the monkey baby squeal. (sighs) I know. Awful. I think that was it for T.J. Hamilton this week. Lovely. Next up, we have uh, some voicemails to get to. Oh, uh, Jesus. Batandspiderpod at gmail.com. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you know, I just jumped right into it. Official Bat and Spider hotline, 315-544-0966. Use it wisely. Please do not abuse. Do not abuse it. <laughs> it's a privilege. Uh, next up, Jesus, I don't know who I don't know who left this, but it, it, it's got a runtime of two minutes and thirty seconds. Oh boy! Do I not even play it? Should I make some popcorn? Yep. Go play ten seconds. We'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll call it. All right. That and Spider. Hey, uh, it's Corey. Uh-huh. Okay, it's Corey. So you All know right. he is number one fan of uh, Hot Ape Summer. So let's continue. Really been enjoying uh, the hot eight summer. It's I really have to applaud you guys for weathering through and all the little roadblocks and stumbles and pitfalls that have been thrown in your way. You guys are trucking along, putting out quality episodes. Maybe you guys are the best thing about this whole tape deck thing. You might be the best pod on tape deck. Whoa. I don't know. I don't want to go. But no, I'm going to say it. Officially, yeah, pause it. Pause on it. record. Uh. Don't tell Doom. That's going to have huge ramifications. <laughs> I mean, I I just need everyone to know we didn't say that. We didn't ask for that. We didn't. No one was. No. Uh, 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 no one was. There was no one uh, behind the scenes making that happen. No. Just just need. I I want everyone to know that. Right. And Chuck, you talking about it makes us it implicates us even more. <laughs> But also, Corey knows how to play the game, okay? If anything, he's he's causing strife amongst the workers. Dale, does the microphone pick up sweat? <laughs> Dale Continue. Andrews, uh, editor note, uh, put in sweat droplet sounds from, from The Price is Right. I don't know. I don't want to go. But no, I'm going to say it. Officially, on record. Wow. Don't tell Doom Pod that Not- you guys are probably... You are. You are not probably you are the best pod on Take Deck. Okay, that being said, I always confuse and jumble up Escape and Conquest. 
I think it's because when I watched them as a kid, they were always during like the eight marathon. You know, on TV, they would play like Plan H Marathon all day long and you'd sit down and run in and out of the house and watch different parts of them. And I guess because also, you know, Ricardo Montalbans in both of them. Uh, so it would always kind of confuse me. So when I watched the skateboards, kind of, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, this one's disappointing. But then Conquest kicked in and we are in like this effed up Nazi America and you know those fucking eight slaves are being used as sex slaves. You could feel it in the air. They're not just making them cut hair and get groceries. You know there's some serious, sick, twisted eight sex going on with humans. <laughs> and I, I'm ashamed and appalled to be a human being. Mm. Uh, and that's all I could think about while I was watching this episode. Well, I was watching Conquest. Yeah. It's all, it's, ugh. It was giving me the heavy jeebies. And I saw a thing that had like some test footage online or like a picture of like a of a human ape hybrid kid. I forgot what movie they did that for, but oh, imagine yeah. if one of those guys showing up and this. Excuse me. I I think I've seen this picture. I I'm not sure what movie this was. For. Oh, you know what? I think this was for Beneath the Planet of the Apes, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I think an early version of the script had a uh, human ape hybrid. Jesus. Jesus. Just Saint Francis know. Assisi up above, please. <laughs> Ooh, that would have been dark. I'm I don't know. Weird stuff. I wish they would have gone down that road. That would have been really cool. If they had some like weird human ape hybrid like kids. Yeah. Anyway. Oh well, this one's great. I love it. I'm happy to see the gorillas again. Um, you know, I always think that uh you need all the gorillas, orangutans, and chimps to have a full ape experience. All right, thanks, guys. Keep going. One more to go after this. I'm so proud of you guys, and I'm just proud to be part of Hot Ed Summer. Hashtag Hot Ed Summer. Corey, thank Bang. you. Uh, yeah, I want to bounce off a little bit how he talked about these later movies getting him confused in his mind. And that is a problem I have a lot with series that have a lot of sequels, uh, particularly for me, Friday the 13th. Um. Mm. all yeah. those get jumbled up in my head. Yeah. Um, and whenever someone like asks me what my favorite one is, I'm all, it's just, it's all one movie to me. Right. And, and I then they're just, I cannot keep them apart in my brain <laughs> for the <Right>. life of me. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely, I definitely uh, sympathize with that. Corey, your support means the world to us. You guys, you, you are uh, bringing it. Uh, week in and week out, keeping up with Hot Ape Summer in the Discord, it means a lot. You're you're like pumping in, yeah. You know, extra extra footage and YouTube videos and art, and he's he has pictures of him as a child with <laughs> Planet of the Apes playset. It's amazing. I mean, this guy is the real deal. Okay, he lived it. He lived it. It was his Star Wars as a kid. You know, he's in some fake Drake. He's the real deal. <laughs> okay. But Dale, we, we didn't even touch it. I saw some some of the talk about this interspecies possibility of sex <laughs> in this movie no, 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 alluded no. to. I got to say, I'm in the dark in this one. I did not catch this. Uh, yeah. I didn't see. Because there I was chatter in the Discord about it and Corey just brought it up in his voicemail. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't, you know what? I don't like to think like that. I, <laughs> Chuck, leave that for the godless heathens in that discord that we need to, uh, 
well, you know what? We need to start cleaning up a little bit in there. Okay? <laughs> cleaning house. Yeah. Uh, it's getting a little thick in there, Dale. Yep. Going to have to send some of these apes uh, back to be re-educated. Mm, Reconditioned. Yeah. Like, that's how I want to start my Tuesday. With the with the flamethrowers. <laughs> uh, next up, Chuck. Here we go. Hello, this is Taped Dick Headquarters. This is a message for one Dale of Byatt and a Speeder, and Chuck of Byatt and a Speeder, concerning missing content delivered for the week of June twenty first, two thousand and twenty one. Upon further review of ongoing content, particularly the current promotion of Hot Yate Summer Tape, Dick has decided to freeze the audit to see if Hot Yate Summer makes up for the missing content. If it does, the audit will be terminated and restitution of contractual obligations resolved. If the numbers do not get pumped, the audit will continue. Mm. Tape Dick Legal. P.S. Hot Yate Summer is unconstitutional but very intriguing. <laughs> As always, we are happy to have the charisma of a Dale and a Chuck of a Byatt and a Speeder. Is that Tape Deck HR weighing in with an opinion? I don't. I don't like where this is going. Tape Deck legal. That, yeah, that's. Uh, are they? Are they? Are? I think they just revealed their hand, Dale. I think they're fans. Not only are they breathing down our neck with all this. Godforsaken paperwork and their rules and regulations, right. red tape. Right. But also, they love us. But they don't want it to stop. Because if it stops, what happens on their yeah. Thursday mornings? I think I think maybe that was the HR person's way of giving us a wink. That I think the gloves are off, Dale. I think Chuck. there's nothing we could do to get in trouble with these oh, Jesus, uh, Chuck. TD guys. Look. If that's the route you want to go, I'm with you, but I you're going to have to take lead because I'm scared to death. I'll be Caesar, and you'll be the, the ape lady with the, the dewy eyes. Okay. No! No! Yeah, I'll be your... Uh, you know Caesar and that, that ape lady are going to... Oh, my God. You know it. You know what's happening after they're that. Gonna, they're going to pump each other. God. I mean, it's just the... The, the energy that uh, Caesar's riding on after that revolution, like it's going to take hours for him to come down from that. And mm-hmm. he's going to have to burn it off, you know? Yeah. It's going to be a scene. He's going to need himself be, a woman. It's going to be a scene. It's going to be, it's going to be the, I mean, the it's, walls. They're going to be up in that governor's, uh, his office, you know? I know. On his, uh, his desk. Woo. With their perfectly human feet out. <laughs> Mm. I love when they make they make Caesar make a drink and he messes it up on purpose. I know. God, yes, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Scotch and soda. <laughs> uh, listen up. Next, we've you know what the movie is next week. We don't need to announce that, but. We do need to talk about a very important product announcement. Yeah. Uh, for Bat and Spider. Uh, you all know Letterboxd, letterboxd.com. We talk about it a heck of a lot on this show. But on Letterboxd, if you go to letterboxd.com slash Bat and Spider, we are now 
we now have a home there on Letterboxd. Uh, Bat and Spider HQ is where you can find the official show watch list. And there's so much more potential that this web... It's, it's basically a homepage that can provide. It provides a, a place for us to drop our links. It provides a space for us to uh, write articles, um, drop things that interest us, as well as uh, feature our lists and also feature reviews from users that we like and stuff. So um, we we felt like we wanted to have a space like that to really uh, kind of feature what what we're all about. And I think, and we think that, um, you know, H, the HQ spaces on Letterboxd is, is perfectly situated for, you know, what we're doing. And, and 70 millimeter, you probably already know of 70 millimeters HQ space over there. They do a lot with it. So it's a, it's pretty cool. And we're excited to exercise that and get, get into it a little bit more. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. Full disclosure. This is Dale's, uh, uh, brainchild. And I was, I was so happy to see this. Yeah, it's just, I'm looking at it right now. It's it's amazing. Um, yeah, it makes me giddy, giddy. And it says letterbox.com/slash bat and spider up there in my right? uh, my Chrome box. There, it's amazing. I love it. Yeah, so it's 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 going to be a great space for us to flex our um, flex our movie loving muscles. God damn, that's great. Yeah, everyone, go like us there. Do it now. Yeah, so please follow us on there because that, you know, that helps with obviously with... Um, follow, yeah. F- follow us there and that helps with notoriety and getting us featured and maybe climbing up some, you know, some algorithm somewhere. I don't know. We're terrible at social media. We're terrible at plugging ourselves. So um, please uh, do I mean, it. I don't think we're terrible at social media. It's just that the goddamn whole world does it. So it's like... Yeah. It's like, how do you... Trying you know, to carve out your piece too, you know. To stand like, out, you need to be some sort of twenty-year-old. I don't know, right? In a hot tub, <laughs> streaming, a hot tub. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Among Us. Among Us, keeping that all that a- 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 ape hair out of the drain. Yeah, it's good luck, right? Am I right? Yeah. Call us when there's a uh, uh, the biggest game on Steam is a uh, some sort of Planet of the Apes game. Please, get that's me in when a hot tub then. We'll tune could, in. Could you imagine, Dale, some sort of apes, playing the apes game? You design your ape. Oh, God, yeah. You could go uh, F, it's like, F up men. <laughs> you could be an ape or a man. <gasps> man. What's next week's movie, Chuck? What, yeah, next what week. Ape, what ape it, movie? We're, we're, we're watching Dunstan Checks In uh, with... Uh, George Costanza and mm-hmm. um, Monkey, and it's uh, it's one of my favorite movies, so I'm excited to watch it with everyone. This lines up perfectly with your family friendly movies you've been watching recently. Totally, it's a it's a perfect crossover. Yeah, but no, we're watching from 1973 at a running time of 86 minutes. Battle for the Planet of the Apes, mm. the Swan Song. Of this uh, this cycle of apes movies, it's just absolutely crazy that this this property burned white hot from sixty eight to seventy three, <laughs> unabated, unimpeded. Toys, comic books, it was everywhere. Yeah, 
And then after Skits. 73, you get, you know, uh, you get a, a cartoon, you get a, a TV show, and then yeah. radio silence, basically since 2000, which, you know. Give, yeah, there were, a few, that's, there were a few independent comic series, I think, got the license in the 80s and 90s, but but that's not, you know, there were nothing. Yeah. Wasn't like a, a new movie or TV show or anything. Dale Andrews, editor's note, uh, cue the John Williams Olympic theme. <laughs> oh, Dale, it's getting late. We should wrap this up. I gotta go. I mean, I'm gonna have to cut all God this out damn. anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, until next time, we love you. Bye. Podcast.